1: Welcome back in on WQAM, Hollywood Omar Kelly, Vlad here with you, and it is time to head out to the Toyota of Hollywood Hotline Shop, hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. He is Omar's co-host on AllDolphins.com, where you can find uh, Alan Parts work, Omar Kelly's work, and Alan's kind enough to join us here once again this morning. Alan, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you fellas doing? We are doing all right, I would say. Uh, there's been a lot of controversial Tua discussion here this morning. No, yeah, so, so it's shocking. I don't know how, by the way, all roads lead back to Tua. Like, I didn't that's even what I'm saying. I didn't bring the guy up, and it's just like I guess I start with the text machine, and people just like have Tua on their their minds at all times. Does it seem like I mean, you do this 24 seven? Like, you just can't get away from Tua, right? You can't get away
0: from him, and it makes sense because he's the quarterback. And like it or not, having a stud quarterback is kind of the easiest path to the Super Bowl. And he was the fifth overall pick. There was the whole tank for Tua campaign. And then he's got his contract situation coming up with a whole, should he be extended? Should he not? At what price? So, yeah, it makes sense that he remains front and center in the minds of Dolphins fans everywhere. All right, we
1: do have some Dolphins news to get to. Before we do that, though, I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, on the games we saw uh, over the weekend. We can start with the early game, and uh, it just again seems like all roads go through number 15 for Kansas City and, and the Chiefs. You know, again, find a way to win that game, and really the defense I, I thought was the the key for that one—the way that they stepped up and kind of contained Lamar Jackson.
0: Yeah, and the talk coming in is this is the best defense that Mahomes has had in KC, and that was true, and it's been true for a while, and we saw that a bit uh, in the game in Germany. You know what occurred to me after watching that game and watching Baltimore completely like implode, A, with like a game plan that somebody's going to have to explain to me when you lead the NFL in rushing and have six carries between your two running backs in a game that was never a blowout? and then all those stupid penalties they committed, including one by good friend of all the South Florida media, Kyle Van Noy.
3: <laughs>
0: and it's like, why is it that it seems that teams go, get to Kansas City and all of a sudden they get all discombobulated and go away from doing what they do best and what got them to that point? And to me, I'm having flashbacks of team trying to dethrone the Patriots with Brady, and that's what teams are doing against KC and Mahomes. Because the the Chiefs, did they do anything like spectacular other than catch passes all over the place, making catches that that were good catches, whereas the entire season, all they were doing was dropping balls all over the place. Um, but to me, this was clearly more of a game of what the hell is Baltimore doing more mm-hmm. so than the Chiefs are like, wow, unbeatable.
1: And then on the, uh, the flip side, on the late game, we had uh, a coaching meltdown by the Lions who Had a chance to go up three scores late, uh, you know, or midway through the uh, third quarter. Dan Campbell decides, I'm going to roll the dice and go for it on fourth down because that's what they've been doing all season. He goes for it on fourth down. There went for it on fourth down. They had a chance to kick a game tying field goal. He ran the ball late in the game on a third down, which kept the clock going. They had to burn a timeout, which you know, I don't know, all those things put together basically cost him the the game there. What what was your takeaway from uh, from the Lions collapse?
0: Everything you just said. <clears throat> and it was like, I am not a big fan of analytics because analytics basically takes away all intangibles, human element, feel of the game, weather conditions, it's strictly a set of numbers. And I, I don't know, I don't care what the analytics say. You're not going to tell me that you're on the road in the NFC championship game with the opportunity to take a three-score lead midway through the third quarter and just because some numbers on the sheet of paper say you should go for it, that is just flat out insane to me. Um, and then on top of that, you add to the fact that the Lions' defense, which was suspect coming into the playoffs, then couldn't stop probably a division two offense by that point. Once things started to unravel, but clearly to me, and I and I like and this I, I related that to Mike McDaniel on the All dolphins podcast yesterday. That McDaniel's another guy who loves to go for it, but I would hope you watched that game and took notes when Campbell went for it on fourth and five from the the 49ers' 28-yard line, up 24-10. That he took a note. Okay, if this happens to us in the future, let's go take, kick the field goal.
2: But Mike is going to be Mike, and he's going to remain aggressive, as we all know. Dan Campbell. I mean, that but was he's a knock smart, on.
1: Mike is smart. Like Dan Campbell's, just like no, ah, don't, don't, we're just gonna, Dan we're just Campbell's go a
2: meathead. It. Don't 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 well, put him in that are, category. That was kind
1: of a
0: meathead. Couple of decisions.
2: I'm, I'm not. I can't, Dan's I'm, very emotional.
0: Yes, that's the thing with Dan. His team's built on on emotion. His leadership style is built on emotion, and I think he oh. went. He to went, me, it was more of an emotional decision of like i got my guys back we're gonna, we're gonna go regain this momentum even though you know calmerhead should have prevailed and said Man, smarter thing to do here as i like, i get it you wanted to re- reply with a touchdown it would have been okay to reply with a field goal
2: mm-hmm. um let le- let me shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit of dolphins non-tour related um Obviously, we've discussed on the All Dolphins podcast the, the, the removal of, of Vic Fangio, and, and ultimately he didn't want to be here. The players weren't really fans, so now they move on. Leslie Frazier is being brought in. They've had some in-house candidates. Um, do you think that it can be an in-house guy, or, and what do you think that Mike McDaniel needs as a defensive coordinator moving forward?
0: Yeah, that that's a tough one, and... You know, based on some of the candidates that have been brought in, it's like a, it's like a mishmash. So there's not a common theme because you got former head coach Leslie Frazier, former head coach Brandon Staley, new guy who's never been a head coach, uh, and unless I'm mistaken, never been a D.C. and Bobby Babich, the Bills linebackers coach, and then the two in-house guys who have been identified as being interviewed are Anthony Campanelli and Ryan Slowick neither of whom has been to D.C. I know Anthony Millie is a rising star. He's been mentioned as a potential future head coach in the NFL. Um, I know, Omar, you're a big fan of the idea of having a former head coach to bounce stuff off off of uh, during games. Can we make the argument, I have thought about this, can we make the argument that Eric Studisville is a former interim head coach? No. Would be one of those guys? Okay, well, there goes that theory. I, I'm uh, sorry, you
2: can't be a coach for a month and think you have, you know, a you, you, coach's job is to put out fires. You can't put them out for a month in a job that you are know you're not going to keep, and, you know, it counts.
0: Okay. No, no okay. disrespect. No, 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 I'm not no, taken. Uh, what I'm thinking, though, is I'm not sure that McDaniel is going to go necessarily that route. I, I kind of still get, I don't know, I, I, might, I think get the feeling it's going to be Anthony Campanelli when all is said and done. He interviewed for the job last year. Uh, if you want to judge his work just by his unit, the linebackers of the group had a pretty good year. Oh, with come Bradley.
2: on. His best linebacker is Jerome Baker, and Dolphins fans have been trying to replace no, him for like four j- no, years. No, no.
0: J- 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 Dude, he's responsible for all the linebackers, and that includes Jalen Phillips. He, and no, that includes the out- slow Shubbin, that includes Andrew slow Van
2: Coaches the outside guys. So now we're having all, uh, all all dolphins fight. Slow it. Coaches the outside yes, guys. Yes, we are. That's but- his room. The, uh, and and Campanelli coaches the inside guys, and has always coached the inside guys.
0: Campanelli oversees a whole bunch, but okay. Um. So, anyway,
2: who sits in the meeting room for the de- for the edge rushers? Sorry, who sits? Does he sit in the meeting room for the edge rushers? No. Like I'm not giving you credit for coaching guys that you don't sit in the meeting room with them for. I just don't. Can't. Won't. I'm
0: trying you, to remember here if they were all in there. You you saw you um, saw hard knocks. You saw slow. I did see hard knocks, and that's what I'm trying to remember. Nope. Um
2: But it, it, no, they all they all meeting in separate rooms. Um
0: that they, that they showed. Again, if you have the title of linebackers coach, you're not going to tell me that he has no oversight whatsoever on the outside linebackers. I refuse to believe that. Sorry.
2: Uh, he does. Put, he's, a, he's the green dot communicator and he coached the inside linebackers and has always coached the inside linebackers. He's never had the edges. But anyway, let's, do, you, anyway. Do, do you think it can be an in-house guy? Do you think that's a wise move for Mike McDaniel? Because my again, person- it's going to
0: depend on his, his his comfort level with the dude. And do, do I think it can be? Yes, I do think it, it's a possibility. I do think it's a very good possibility, actually. In fact, put it like fifty fifty. Um, how much of it? I mean, how much of it is going to be continuing with the same scheme that they had, with as few tweaks as possible? If the idea is to run it back with as many guys from last year as possible, which I think probably in the overall big picture is what the Dolphins are hoping to do, is minimize the free agency losses because of the cap situation and try to run it back with as many of their guys as possible and hope that they don't get battered by injuries down the stretch.
1: Alan Pupard here with us on WQAM. He is Omar's co-host on AllDolphins.com. Alan, you know, look. It boils down to this, and we, we've had a lot of texts and stuff come in this this morning. And Omar throws out a lot of numbers. He, he's a numbers guy, and the numbers really he don't does. matter. At the end of the day, you got to find a way to win a playoff game. You got to find a way to win some big games. Or, or as and, Alan calls something. it, the eye test. Yeah, it is, but it is the eye test counts, man. The eye test counts. I'm big on the eye test. You know, you can throw these numbers out. Sam Howell was leading the league in passing yards for most of the season. Like, it doesn't matter. That you're leading the league in yards. What matters is wins, right?
0: Absolutely, and also matters how you perform in crunch situations for a quarterback. Hey, and
2: here we go, here I we go. Omar, he's gonna, he's gonna throw out these numbers and stats and come on, give it to the people on QAM. Poopard,
0: yeah, have to because if we're gonna put out passing yards and then fifth in the NFL in passer rating, then we have to turn it around and throw. If you look at his metrics, and I don't have the exact figures, but his metrics in terms of when pressured, uh, late-game situations, and against playoff opponents, the numbers are ugly. And I mean ugly with a capital U. And that's ultimately, and this goes back to what I said about the dude, from day one, if things around him are completely ideal, he'll ball out. But how often are, are things completely ideal around you when you get to the playoffs or December games against playoff type opponents? Very, very seldom. Because no matter and doesn't matter how good your offensive line is, the the mm-hmm. other team gets paid too. And then chances are at that time of year they have good defenses who can apply pressure. Like even Mahomes, for all of his greatness, what he did again he came up clutch. They got the er- the early touchdowns. They didn't score a point in the second half, but when they had to have that third down completion at the end of the game to to, to kill the clock, boom, got it. Um, and there and again, you also have the ability at some point. In a game like this, to clearly be the guy single handedly or almost single handedly gives your team a chance to win. Um, and I gave you an example, again, and it's not even forget wins and losses, because I'm going to make the argument again that Josh Allen to me cemented that forever. No ifs, ands, or buts, end of conversation in that playoff game against KC, the 13 seconds game. If you saw that game and if you don't leave that game thinking, there's no more questions about Josh Allen's ability to elevate his game in the playoffs because he was ridiculous. And his defense gagged the win. And if anybody's going to be, you know, short-sighted enough to go, well, he didn't win. Yeah, cause it was really his fault, right? Because he couldn't prevent two, two passes for 44 yards in 13 seconds.
2: Let, let me ask you about, um, we did yesterday a podcast um, about, quarterback rankings and the tier that Tua's in. And this is important from the standpoint of um, the Dolphins say they're going to try to do a multi-year contract for Tua to secure him as the franchise's quarterback for the future. I know where you stand, Fupard. You say, do not do it. Absolutely don't. Make him play on the fifth-year option. If he balls out, put him, give him the franchise tag. And you're only willing to do a two-year commitment, which is fine. And I understand exactly where you come from because you're waiting for him to show that he is elite. Because he hasn't shown you where he's elite, where do you rank him in the NFL hierarchy of quarterbacks right now?
0: Okay. Well, yeah, you and I ranked him in tiers, and you, you gave me some abuse for having a too long tier one. Yeah. Um, 13 yeah. quarterbacks
2: is a pretty long tier one when we all know there are about five elite quarterbacks.
0: Well, I had eight in my tier one. You need to Get to your fact sheet, will you, please? Um, uh, okay,
2: they're only 13 in tier two. All right, my bad. <laughs>
0: Um, no, because I had, and again, also understand there's a lot of wiggle room within each tier, like Patrick Mahomes in the, is in a category by himself. I mean, that should be obvious.
2: Then then but he I should have been tier one up, and then everybody else is tier two, but continue on.
0: Uh, yeah, sure. We could have done that, but to me, it was like, okay, I, so I had eight guys in tier one. I had three guys in one plus where to me, they're clearly, clearly pretty much headed there. Maybe give him a little more time, and those three were Jordan, Love, C.J. Stroud, and Brock Purdy. Um, and then I had eight guys in tier two, and two was among those eight guys. And for me, I would have had him probably in the middle or lower half of those final eight guys. So my overall ranking for him would be somewhere in the neighborhood of like 16. Is,
2: is it, it? Can you win with a 16th ranked quarterback in the NFL?
0: Is another question, right? Uh, and to me. I don't know that you can win big again. Sure, because I have Jared Goff kind of in the same neighborhood, and if if our friend Dan doesn't kind of space out on some of those decisions, maybe the Lions are headed to the Super Bowl. But you need to have other things work out well, including putting together what may have been a top, you know, clearly was a top three offensive line in the NFL, led by Panay Sewell, incidentally a guy the Dolphins could have had in the 2021 draft had they not decided to instead go with Jalen Waddle, And it's tough to argue with the selection of Waddle considering what he's done for the Dolphins in his three seasons. However, I think a stud offensive lineman of the type that Sewell has become allows you more wiggle room everywhere else in your performance than a wide receiver. But that's a different conversation. Um, no, I, I, as it stands right now, no, I don't know that it's good enough, especially, the, and part of the problem is is the AFC includes a lot of those tier one quarterbacks that I have, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, if he stays healthy, Lamar Jackson, even though the dude has to produce in the playoffs, um, Joe Burrow. Yes, I have Trevor Lawrence, and I've taken a lot of crap yes. in the comment section on and our and YouTube And you deserve podcast. that
2: abuse, by the way. You deserve it.
0: That's fine. Uh, and, and I'm sure that and Justin Herbert's another one, and Matthew Stafford's another one. Those Alan, are my, my tier one guys. Alan, thank you for the
1: time. Uh, we appreciate it this morning. Uh, we'll catch up with you again soon, and of course, uh, check out uh, Alan and Omar on alldolphins.com. Allen, thank it's you for the for time. It's for free.
2: No paywall, people. You don't have to subscribe, and you don't have to get charged monthly for it, and it's Alan and myself. Thanks, alldolphins.com.
0: Alan. You got it. Take it easy, guys.
1: All right, we're going to take a pause. More to come here at QIM.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.